Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Stewart, Florida. And next to me is the dapper, dapper rabbi. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Bar Chayam, also here in Stewart, Florida. Uh, we make up A Priest and a Rabbi. Shocker. Um, and today we want to give you the top five uh, things you need to know if you are Judeo-Christian curious. So uh, this is for those who are curious, but also for those who are committed believers to the Judaic or the Christian faith. Um, maybe you're a Muslim, maybe you're an atheist, and you're just like, yeah, tell me, tell me what's going on here. We're going to give you, for this term, for, for, um, for 2021, we're going to give you a biblical figure we think you need to know, the, a tradition or a ritual within our respective traditions and rituals that, uh, for you that you need to know right now, a prophet that you need to know, a Bible passage that you need to have imprinted upon your heart, and then also an unsung hero, someone you can look at in the scripture, in the scripture. Those five things are coming your way on this podcast, but before you do, please subscribe to our podcast. It just sits there in nothingness if you don't subscribe to it. Um, we are still really big in Yemen and I think in Iceland, but we'd love to really big, really be big in Mexico because now the rabbi is an American citizen. We will have Canada, United States, and North America um, and Mexico all covered. So let's get big in Mexico, please. God bless you. We love you. Enjoy this podcast. We'll see on the flip side. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU since they probably regretted over-allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Bay Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Oh, good morning, Stewart, Florida. It is good to see you all. This is Father Christian at St. Mary's Christmas Church here in Stewart, Florida. Next to me is the ever handsome Rabbi Matthew Durbin. Um, so, ladies, he is not single, so leave him alone and let the man just lead his flock. Um, we are a priest and a rabbi, and we love coming on here to talk about all things Judeo-Christian, and we have a lot of fun with it. If you're looking for some serious scholarship, of how you can get your PhD in Judeo-Christian uh, studies, this is not the show. Uh, this is the show to have some fun with our faith, also to grow into our faith, how to find some values, but also um, how to celebrate uh, the oneness that we have under all under the same God, full stop. Okay, brother, um, it is a, a, gonna be a fun show today. We really wanna have a fun show. We, we take on heavy topics a lot. We don't try to stray away from heavy topics, uh, but today we want to have some, um, some, some little more of a not coaching. Just let's let's be pastoral today, I and mean, we want to pastor and uh, join the rabbinate. Did I use that word correctly, Rabbi? Rabbinate. Rabbinate. I want to be rabbit in my rabbinate by saying we are going to give you the top five things you need to know to be a Judeo Christian. So if you are Judeo Christian curious. If you are spiritually curious, religiously curious, if you're on the fence, if you just want a refresher, this rabbi next to me and myself, your priest, are going to give you top five things you need to know. We're going to give you your, your top biblical figure you need to know today, the top uh, 
tradition. So we all have, we come from a Jewish tradition, come from a Christian tradition. So we're going to both give you a top aspect of our tradition that you need to know, give you a prophet. Who's the prophet right now in 2021 that you need to be up on in order to just keep your faith going? We're going to give you your top Bible passage. Okay. So uh, I'm Episcopalian. Sometimes Episcopalians are not, uh, we get criticized for our engagement with scripture. If you came to one of our services, you would know that's BS. Uh, but uh, but still, let, let's let's we could always deepen our faith in Scripture. And then also, we're going to give you your top unsung hero. Who is the who is the person who doesn't get talked about a lot in the Bible that you need to know today? That's all. That's it. That's our show. If you don't like it, um, I think sports radio is probably talking about how college athletes are getting paid. Uh, Rabbi Durbin, before we jump into that, I just want to say thank you for coming to St. Mary's Episcopal Church yesterday. You drew a crowd like he drew a crowd. You know how hard it is sometimes to get people to show up at a Thursday at 12 p.m. at a church to talk about anything. Rabbi Durbin comes over and the rock star that he is here in Martin County draws a huge crowd. We had to set up more tables to do a lunch and learn. I hope you weren't scared away because I think you were only one of three Jews in the whole room. It is true. But, you know, and, and, and this is actually a good, a good shout out uh, to those that are listening. If you are local and regional and would like to join us uh, for the next two Thursdays, 12 o'clock at St. Mary's. Um, it is, and, and, you know, Father Anderson, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, it's open to anyone who is curious. Um, for those that have not had the opportunity to see yet, um, you know, your social hall, uh, you know, uh, as you said, you know, we had a great turnout yesterday. You wouldn't have known it given the size of your space, which was really comfortable and really safe. So if you are interested, next Thursday, the Thursday after 12 o'clock, uh, you know, we'd love to join and really engage in conversation. It was, it was, it was awesome. It actually was quite an inspiring uh, morning. I was really excited about it. Um, you know, it uh, it was great. It was great. Well, it was good to you, you give a good point, though, for all those who might be uh, psychologically or scientifically not there to be in a room with folks. Uh, just know that it is a huge hall. So if you want to stand in the corner <laughs> or grab your lunch and get some distance, no one's going to look at you different. Uh, that's totally fine. That's why we put it in a big space. Um, so we want to honor that and be smart and be responsible here. Um, okay, so today's show, um, you know, there, there is a, you know, I don't know about you, but Rabbi, but you know, in the church, sometimes we compete with so many different programmatic things that happen in our society, especially with young families who got kids just all over the map, touring, traveling, soccer, cheerleading, math team, you name it. And so sometimes they want like a, a church to go. <laughs> and and it, I, as though that, that, that term is, is not the ideal thing we want. Uh, we want God to be number one and everything else secondary. So just plan your schedule around God in church or God in temple. Um, but we know that's not the reality right now uh so we're gonna play ball one thing we can give people is i could here's your top five you know if you're on the road you're going on a viable trip you're gonna you're, you're taking a summer road trip you're you, you want to know what can i do to really deepen my faith deepen my uh my relationship with my religion my tradition we want to offer that to you today um and and so it's we're gonna give you the prophet we're gonna give you some scripture tradition um, so let's start off here, and then we're going to riff back and forth uh, with it and, 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 and uh, mess with each other as we always do about this. Uh, so Rabbi, let's begin with you, okay, because you're, you're Jewish, and you're the first, you're the original, um, and then we Christians came so many thousands of years later. Um, okay, so let's start off first. 
with your, let's start out with a prophet. You know, we need good prophetic voices right now. It's, it's, a, it's a weird world out there. So for the 21st century seeker right now, the person who's seeking, who's Jewish curious, <laughs> who's, who's God curious, let's just say God curious. They can't even put their name on a, on a denomination, which is totally cool. Um, what would you say? Hey, listen, if you are a person who wants to hear about a prophet who's speaking some bold things about what God wants um, in, with his people, where would you direct them? No, I mean, I, I, look, I think that's a, a fabulous question. I actually like the way you phrased it at the end, too, which is, you know, for a message of a prophet, what is the essence uh, of what God asks of us? Um, and I think if we take all the prophets and, you know, for those that are not familiar, right, we have we have major prophets, we have 12 minor prophets. Um, again, just as a as a as a point of reference, um, when we go through the Bible and we go through our prophets, the reason one is considered a major or minor prophet has nothing to do with the message. It only has to do with the length of their book. If it is three chapters, four chapters, you're a minor prophet. If you're something like Isaiah that's got like 66 chapters, you're major. So for me, um, and I think sometimes it, 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 it may be the, the painfully obvious prophet sometimes may be the one that we are seeking or perhaps that we that we that we yearn to to kind of share with for me um i think the prophet that speaks to me the most and what really god demands of me uh, really comes from micah um and, and and of course it's a very famous phrase micah 6 8 that says um he has shown you oh mortal man what is good and what does god require of you God requires to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly alongside our God. And I think that, to me, really is the essence, is to, is to you know, to, to behave like a human. <laughs> you know, to act, to act accordingly, to see each other face to face, to be able to see the humanity in one another, and to really have this inspiration that says, I want to learn, and I want to I grow with you. I think that there's a lot about mercy and compassion and understanding and to walk humbly. And I, and I do want to emphasize this. It, 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 it's not to walk humbly behind our God or in front of our God. It's to walk alongside our God. And I think that there's something really beautiful in that passage that really is the essence of, of what, what, what God demands of us. I think. Well, I, I, I totally agree. It's uh it's a good prophet. He's a good, that, that verse is a strong call for all of us in, in this world right now, because humility is, is not common. It, humility, humility doesn't sell. Humility doesn't sell on our news networks. Her humility doesn't really sell um, with our leaders, political leaders. Uh, I mean, if, if you disagree, that's fine. You can just give us a call here, uh, 772-220-9788. Uh, but I, I, I don't think that if, a, if we have a very humble leader sometimes, uh, they looked at as weak, um, one who actually says, I'm wrong, I did something wrong. Uh, that doesn't go over well. You just get assaulted. And we don't, as a society, say, thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for admitting that you did a bad one here. And, and how do you make yourself better? No, they get excoriated by the other side and it comes as an opportunity to kick them out. So this humility is such a huge piece of our humanity and our makeup that God gives us. You perform better as a human being and you express yourself better as a child of God when you can walk humbly 
um, with your Lord. Now, tell me more about what it's like to walk side by side with God as opposed to behind. Because some people say, no, 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 God first, God first. So it does No, that but matter. I also think I also think that look, you know, um, given both of our respective faiths, I think that we both have this understanding that says we work in partnership with God, right? God works in partnership with us. We work in partnership with God. And ultimately it means that we, not that we're on the same level playing field, we're not equal, but at the same time that there is a relationship and a, a um, there, there's a relationship that, that's formed between humanity and God that says we work together to make this, to make this better. Okay. So I'm going to, I don't have scripture in front of me, which is, uh, shocker, but uh, let me let me ask I thought you. Thought you guys had it all memorized. You're the ones who have it imprinted on your forehead and on your arm, right? <laughs> With a leather strap. True, touche. Yeah. yeah. So at least you guys bring devices that help. Um, w- let me ask you this: Jacob, when he's uh, when he has the dream and he sees the angels going all up and down the ladder. Um, I don't remember if this is more an expression in artwork or if there's actually in scripture where is Jacob standing on the ladder next to it doesn't isn't there the figure that says look at what's happening here and and the and the godlike figure is next to him or one that's above him i just remember this coming up at one point studying that passage um and maybe we can take uh we'll we'll, we'll table that and come back after the break to look into that but i just remember there was a positioning of is he looking up to the godlike figure or is the godlike things standing next to him and saying look at what's going on here that idea of of the placement of God in our lives. Um, as Christians, we, we have this thing where we say, uh, you know, Jesus is my co-pilot, um, which is, is, I think, a, not the, the, the best phrase uh, because Jesus is the pilot. You're not the co-pilot. He's the one who's driving the ship, but you are next to him. You're not in the backseat. You are next to him. Yeah, he's driving the ship, um, but you are next to him. Um, and so stay close, stay close. So this is great. This is great. So, so you know, Father Anderson, I mean, it's great. And, and, and your reference certainly comes out of Genesis, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. I just want to just highlight that for a moment because it does okay. say, and then God stood beside him and Ooh. said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. Right. So there is this reference that says that God stood beside him, not on top of him, not below him, but beside him. That's that is there is a knowing also where we're at that at that part in in scripture and God's relationship with with humankind. I mean, would you say it's pretty bold of God at that point? Because there's still this huge fear and awe of this glorious God. And you would think that humankind would understand God. You're just looking up. God doesn't stand next to you. But Jacob, I think it's revolutionary, and I think in some way it's it's as you said. I mean, look, you look at that text. What it's saying, in some degree, is God and uh, you know our ancestors are on 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 some level playing field, right? And God stood beside him, and I think that there's something there. Whether it was intentional, which I think it probably most likely was intentional, is to give this image of the fact that you have this entity that is so great and so powerful and, 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 and man or humanity on the other end saying, I work with um, and alongside you to perfect and to make the world more homogenous, more, 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 more complete. Awesome. Well, Rabbi, I think I'm just going to go with you on this, on this prophet um, just for the sake of time and everything, because I don't think I could say anything better than what you just said. So let, let's let's go with that. Um, that so, so now let's go to number two. Okay, you got your prophet. Now, 
Um, who, let's go for a Bible passage. Now, we already referred to Genesis 19 and 20. We were talking about Jacob. But let, let me tell you, if someone came up to you and said, Rabbi, 2021, um, I need something to hold on to. Uh, just what, what's, what's your scripture? I know this is so contextual. It depends who, what, what person you're talking to. But what's a great, for the times, right now, if someone's driving in their car, what's a great verse that you say, if you're going to memorize something, memorize this? So, you know, look, I, I mean, I, I think, I think again, and drop Mike, uh, Father Anderson, uh, great question. I think, look, um, as you said, I mean, it can change uh, with one's mood. It can change with uh, direction. I mean, it can change at, at, at the toss of a dime. For me, uh, I mean, look, I could use passages that say God created man and woman equal, which for me is really important of our society acknowledging the equality between men and women. Sure. I think for me, and I spoke about this yesterday um, at St. Mary's, is if you were to take the Torah from book to book, end to end, Genesis to Deuteronomy, and find the middle section, the middle section will talk about what we call the Shalosh Regalim, our three pilgrim festivals, how we honor and celebrate and honor Shabbat, right? All this stuff, all this great stuff. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it says, and you shall leave the corners of your field for the poor. And then it goes back into the observance and the honor of certain festivals and certain holidays and Shabbat and this and the other. But I think that that in and of itself is, for me, I would want everyone to know that passage. Leave the corners of your field for the poor. It's mm -hmm. about empowering and giving others who might not have a voice or who might not have the opportunity to better themselves, to be able to give them some form of, of assistance, um, you know, fruit, or, or other stuff that have fallen from the trees, you know, leave it for them. Do not touch. It is not yours to be given. It is for those who are less fortunate. And I think for me, that, that really is the essence of Judaism. It is the essence of faith. I think it's the essence of religion, uh, full stop, is the ability to recognize, to acknowledge that there are others in our midst that are in need, not in want, but in need, and that <laughs> have the ability to help, then we have the responsibility and the obligation to do so. Yeah, and that's a such such a great uh, explanation there, or how you qualified it with need or want, and that becomes a challenge. I mean, the 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 challenge that we all face every day, if you live in any kind of city or even town, you drive up to the the stoplight and you have a a friend there who's a, a fellow citizen who's asking for money and you always get that nerves like do i do it and you're and you feel terrible there i am i've got a collar on there's a guy standing in the middle of the street asking for money um i know from talking with caseworkers and if you work at any kind of homeless facility that most caseworkers say do not give any money right that's not a help you're you're, you're giving a handout you want to give a hand up but still we're called people of faith and so if you have extra money in your pocket this person's asking for money what do you well, you can get out of your car. You could go park the car and say, buddy, let's go grab some lunch, get to know someone, build a relationship. I mean, wherever God is calling you, do it. I would say be in prayer of where God is calling you. Um, and even if at least give the person dignity and hello. But I also think that there's, there's I, I think, twofold. One is it would be a very different situation 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. Today, at least in the West, in North America, we live in a cashless society. Right. I'd love to give. And if, if somebody's on the street and they have one of those machines that I can just swipe my card. <laughs> right. 
but we don't, it doesn't work like that. But I also think, you know, when we go back almost 900 years ago, you have a man by the name of Maimonides who lived in Spain, who effectively devised eight levels of giving, each one higher than the next, right? And they all lead to this notion of righteousness, of giving. And the highest form of giving is not just to give, but it is to give a gift or a loan so that it will empower the person I'm giving to be able to learn the skills and the tools so they can fend for themselves. Almost like that, that Russian proverb that says, don't give a man a fish, give him the skills and the tools so he can fish for himself. I think that's the same type of thing, which is I'd love to be able to give. However, I can't give more than I'm taking in because then it becomes destructive for me. But I think, I think the challenges in today's society are I want to give, you know, I don't, I don't have dollar bills as I would 20 years ago, as opposed to today's society that is a plastic society that we run on debit cards or credit cards, right? Those type of things that, that, that just make it really more challenging. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'll just a plug here for the MiamiFoundation.org that they are have a high charity navigator rating. They're a great organization. If you want to give to help those in Surfside, um, that is a great foundation that's helping all those families that are now homeless um, that lost in um, the the Chapelin Towers that crumbled. And of course, our prayers are with them. And we this, this is a one simple practical way that you can offer to support those families. Okay, so just to, just to revisit, the, what what scripture verse is that again for everyone who's listening? Scripture verse. That was your favorite scripture verse. That's From what we're Micah? talking about. Huh? From Micah. Or that was your prophet. This is your favorite scripture verse. That's what we're talking about right now. Oh, my favorite scripture verse. Okay. That's what this whole thing was about. Are you are you are you on the same radio show with me? Or are you over? I, I, on, I, I am. You over I am. I am. Uh, it is, it is, it is in Leviticus. Um, I, I believe, and don't quote me on it, but I think it's Leviticus 19, verse 22. Uh, but I'd have to recheck that. But okay, yeah, so we're going to get that for you. It'll be in the show notes also if you're listening on the podcast. Okay, so uh, now, now we're going to give you a little, 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 so now that we got your, we got, we got Leviticus, we've talked about Genesis, we've talked about Micah. So you're feeling really good right now if you are Judeo-Christian curious out there. You've got some things to chew on. Um, and now before we go into the break now, um, now I want to get you, now you want a little bit of tradition to surround you. You, you, you've gotten your scripture, you feel embedded in your scripture, but now you need some tradition. So tradition of the Judaic faith or the Christian faith, it, it helps us. It's like a, it's a tool, it's a vehicle um, that, that, that God gives us in community uh, to, to find more of him. And so what would be one ritual within the tradition of Judaism that you would, you would offer to someone say, this, this is what you want to do. You want to come on this day and do this or be a part of this because this would really help you understand more of Micah, understand more of Genesis what would that be so so um um you know look as a rabbi I find it really difficult and as a Jew to just define it as one so I'm going to give you two one uh for me is the process of Yom Kippur for those that are not familiar the day of atonement um and really comes out of you know one of our prophets a prophet Isaiah who effectively says what there what God requires is a a fast um, and as Jews, we fast for 25 hours on Yom Kippur that really centers us and grounds us in humility, in, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the dawn of a new year, our missteps or misdeeds that we've done in the last year, and really, really bring it forward in terms of where we are and where we wish to be. So that, that's one. The second one is we have a custom and a tradition that comes out of Eastern Europe um, just before Passover. And the, the understanding is that 
according to the Bible, certainly the Torah, it informs us and teaches us that we are to rid our houses of what we call chametz, leavened products, right? Leavened food, bread, pasta, right? Those type of things. And there's a tradition of the night before to go around your house at midnight with a feather of to try and dust and find all the chametz in your house. So our tradition every year that we do in our family is we take little morsels of bread I wrap them in tinfoil and we scatter them around the house. Clearly, we also make very finite notes on where they are and how many there are so that we don't leave any behind. But then we get our kids to kind of get the flashlights and kind of go through the house and scurry around to try and be able to find those pieces so that when Passover does occur, that we have rid our houses or our house uh, of chametz. And it's uh, it, it, it's a fun tradition. It's a fun custom. Um, but it really brings the message of what Passover really is about really brings it forward not only for our kids but you know for all great, for all the uh, Christians out there that that especially if you're Catholic or Episcopalian you come from a liturgical culture if you remember in the Eucharistic prayer uh, the the priest says Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us uh, so this is what Rabbi's talking about so for us and this is why our relationship is so important Rabbi you and I um, my, my hope is that uh, our relationship helps uh, you become a better Jew and helps me become a better Christian. And so, and it makes so much sense, obviously, since Jesus was Jewish, that, that to understand that I, in order for me to understand the work of Jesus Christ, I need to understand the work of the Passover, which means I need to understand Yom Kippur. I need to know all of that. That is who Jesus was. That's who Jesus embodied. He wasn't starting a new religion. That's why this Judeo-Christian stuff is so important, friends. Um, so listen, we're going to take a little break to digest this. When we come back, don't go anywhere because our rabbi will be giving us his favorite unsung hero in the bible the person who no one talks about that we need to talk about um and and then also we're going to slip in there um who is his favorite biblical figure for you in this time again this is all in 2021 for our times until then we need to hear from the people who allow us to buy rabbi a new microphone in the future so let's go to break let's hear from them and we'll be right back here on a priest and a rabbi Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from now back to a priest and a rabbi welcome back to the award-winning priest and a rabbi radio show with father christian and rabbi Durbin. let's get ready for the second half of the show all right, sports fans, welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin. Part two of our show, we're talking about our top five Judeo-Christian things you need to know right now for these times in 2021 on the eve of the birthday of our beloved country. And let's not forget, as we look at July 4th, um, that we will now look to our rabbi who has just become an American citizen. Yay! 
formerly a Canadian, now an American. All he needs to do is become a Mexican, and he is a super North American. Um, but right now, you are more American than I am because you are Canadian and United Statesian. So um, how does it feel to be rocking the red, white, and blue? Are you sad that you have to shed your maple leaf? Well, I mean, remember, I mean, I, I, I maintain dual citizenship, but um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's, I've been in this country a long time. Um, I, am, uh, I am very proud uh, of, of this nation and the goodness that this country uh, puts forth. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I mean, when I, when, on Monday, uh, I had my citizenship interview um, and uh, didn't really think that I would end up um, an hour later being sworn in. Thought it was kind of a more of a complicated process. Uh, but as the federal agent had said, we're swearing you in in the next 10 minutes. Uh, get prepared. And as I drove home, um, went through a flood of emotion. Um, I love this country. My kids are American. Uh, I, I've always had a strong affinity to this country. Uh, so yeah, for me, um, it was it, 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 just an amazing experience. Um, it's been tough. My wife is in Chicago coming home on Monday. Um, two of my kids are out at camp, one coming home on Monday as well. Uh, so it's been tough not being able to really share that with them. Um, although I will say uh, I, I did get, and this is a, a, a very special shout out to my congregation um, that, uh, you know, I came back to the office yesterday as I, as I was leaving, I got a little note uh, from one of my members that said uh, uh, very clearly, do not open until you get home. Um, and look, I am an, uh, I'm an impulsive person. Oh, um, stop it. You there are many it? times where my finger went to the envelope to open it up. Uh, but really refrain because this is somebody that uh, I, I immensely respect and uh, it was it was of her wishes. So as I pulled into my driveway and got home uh, yesterday afternoon, um, lo and behold, right in my driveway was uh, affixed to my garage an American flag, um, which was uh, really special, really special for me. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm real excited. You know, as, as I said to my youngest, I, I'm kind of at home with, with my five-year-old uh, and we both said this morning, all right, come Sunday, let's go get some fireworks, um, try and do it safely and, uh, yeah, let off some fireworks. Um, nice. really well, welcome to the cool. fold, man. Now Thank Rabbi you. Rose and I have something in common. We're both married to immigrants. So, uh, so she and I can, can, uh, commiserate. I mean, celebrate. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so no, that's great, man. So God bless you, brother. And, uh, welcome to the fold and, um, uh, welcome to the team and your first July 4th. Uh, that uh, you get to celebrate. It'll be very meaningful for you. So let's continue on, you you little American citizen, you. Um, and uh, we are still continuing with our top five uh, that you need to know as a Judeo-Christian. Uh, we already talked about the top five prophets you need to know right now, which is Micah. Learn about Micah. Learn about walking in humility uh, with our Lord. Uh, we, we talked about uh, the Bible passage from Leviticus 19, verse 23, I believe, about leaving a, a part of your field to be, to be uh, fed, uh, to be given to those who have less. Uh, and, and Rabbi said it's a big piece of his uh, of Judaism and embodies what Judaism is about, about serving those who are marginalized and those who are in need, not in want. Um, we talked about a tradition, Yom Kippur being a big one, a Passover. If you're going to sink into any uh, Judeo-Christian history right there and a tradition to walk, this is not just historical. You walk Passover, you live into Passover. So as a Christian with all of our traditions and rituals, these are not museums and items that we, we live into them. So as a Christian, we live into the life of Jesus Christ. We don't study the life of Jesus Christ. You live into it. If not, your life does not change. Uh, and then now I want to bring Rabbi 
rabbi to his favorite biblical figure for you. Not, I'm sorry, let me rephrase this. This is not rabbi's favorite biblical figure. This is the biblical figure he believes that right now at 2021 is the biblical figure for us to study. If you are a Judeo-Christian curious person, who would that person be where our unbated breath? Tell us, Rabbi. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I could use the obvious by using Moses as the, you know, prototypical example of um, the average human being, which I think is important because had Moses been elevated to this unattainable status, we would never be able to attain it. And I think that there's something really powerful and really meaningful about the fact that God chooses just a regular Joe, chooses regular Moses because he is also human and has flaw. Th that would be one. I think the, the, for me, the unsung hero in some way or, or, or would be one of Jacob's children, the one who gets very scant mention. She gets literally one chapter, and that is it, and that is his daughter, Dina. Um, and I think, you know, there are oftentimes that we refer to it as the rape of Dina, right? This, 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 this story that comes out where she falls in love with this, with the prince, with the king's son, and ultimately wants to marry. They engage in sexual relations, right? It comes back that, you know, she'd been forced into it, right? She was a minor, effectively her brother's venge avenge her her honor and her name and effectively smite the entire kingdom itself and you never hear back you never hear whatever happens to dina right it, it's it's this story of love that just that just cannot be um and i think it's 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 a story that i think most people are not familiar with uh which is which is surprising but why is it so important why would it be so good for for a follower right now or someone who's curious about the faith to study that character dina because I think it, it, it highlights a, a whole bunch of other uh, challenges in our midst. Where is her voice? Where is the role of women? Um, she's named, right? She's a named woman, which gives more authority to, right, those silent voices in our text. Um, I think, why is it important? Because I think, you know, when we hear about Jacob and we hear about these 12 sons and the 12 tribes of Israel and all this stuff, we, we, we very... We oftentimes forget that he had 13 children. We only hear really about the 12 and their sons. We never really hear about Dina, his daughter. And we never actually hear about the relationship that Dina had with her brothers, which I think is surprising. Although we do have stories of it in what we call Midrash, but in the biblical sense itself, we don't hear anything about Dina herself. So again, why is it important then? Others stop. Right. We, we, we don't really hear very much about her. So, but you, right. So if we don't have much about her, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just playing as the Vatican would say the devil's advocate. Why would we want to study more of her if we don't know much about her? Uh, because then uh, as we dig uh, further and deeper into it, we get um, a more depth into the character of who she is. I think we can read things in the Bible on a surface level to find out what and how and who and all the uh, intricacies. But I think once we, as you use the phrase very appropriately, as we parse it out, to be able to really parse out who um, this character Dina is and was and, and, and what. 
And then we lost the rabbi. So again, those who want to sponsor his microphone, I also want you to sponsor his Wi-Fi bill. Um, so yeah, I mean, part of my part of my thought on this is that if the bigger question is we we can't mask what the Bible's missing and just say why why was why do we not hear more, uh, enough about Dina? Why if they, if you're a seeker right now in the Judeo Christian faith, you have to confront some of these hard truths within the, in the Bible. Men get a lot of play. They get most of the play. Why is that? And we, we, this becomes as a hard thing to talk about sometimes, but the human imprint upon scripture is pretty bold. Um, and for uh, sometimes I think we try to rationalize and um, not uh, uh, accept that we can see <laughs> that there is a major human imprint on these things. And so therefore women do get short shrift in a lot of things. Uh, you could say that was because, was it because of the writers or was it just because of the context? The community of faith at that time was very patriarchal, has been patriarchal. So I agree with the rabbis that because of that, we have a responsibility to dig in to understand who these women are because we're missing a big part of the kingdom of God. If we don't dig deeper to understand the context where they're from, but also the strength and the power power of these women and what they did to overcome the circumstances because it was a lot easier to be a dude back then um, that people like Hannah the boldness and courage she had is 10 times bolder and more courageous than I think a man at that time because she's overcoming a lot more obstacles um, and so equality wasn't a thing then so when we hear about these female prophets these female leaders and the leadership they took on uh, that is something we do need to study because that is extremely inspiring for us today to overcome when culture says no go in the back of the bus uh, you rise you rise to the top through the power of God all right rabbi is back he's back in he came in through his snapchat filter so we're glad that your daughter's got you back online all right brother so your fifth and final thing my friend I want to ask you who is your favorite favorite unsung hero for anyone who is seeking the Judeo-Christian life? Who would you say, you already hit up Dina, all right, so that that that, that was good, um, but who is the unsung hero that, 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 that's out there floating? Dina was your favorite biblical figure that people need to know, but I want an unsung hero. Dina kind of befits that a little bit, so you kind of almost get a, a second shot of it. Um, I mean, I think, I think in some way, you know, I, I kind of do look towards Job um, as an example, right? You know, Job, everything is taken away from Job, and yet he still refuses to talk badly against God. And I think that what, what, what Job represents for me, um, you know, beyond the theme of humility, is also this understanding and recognition of, of gratitude. I'm grateful for the gift that I've been given of life, the gift of breath. Uh, the gift of opportunities, um, you know, there are challenges and we know that there are great challenges throughout the course of life, but I don't think it's to dwell on it and to be able to, you know, to really dwell on it and, 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 and to have that stress upon our body, but being able to see, you know, in, if there is some way of being able to see the, the lesson or the goodness that comes out of it for Job, for me is really the unsung hero. Because you think unsung hero being that we normally, when we think about Job, we don't think of him as heroic. We just think of him as a symbol of suffering. And when I'm in a time of suffering, I can read this Bible book and identify or find some comfort in another truly committed man to God who went through a lot of suffering. But do we not focus enough on his endurance? and his gratitude that he has and continue to worship the Lord. Um, and also too, I think one thing I, I, he's pretty honest with God about what he's frustrated about. 
mm-hmm. and, and, and you brought this up yesterday. It, it, it is okay to be angry with God. It's okay to shout out at the Lord. God can take it. He can take it. He'd rather have you be honest and authentic with him about your feelings than for you to ignore him and abandon him. When you Absolutely. abandon God, that's when the devil gets you. But when you can still stay in a relationship saying, I am so angry at you for what you've done to me or to my family or to whatever, even though it's, it's, it's you put it on him. He'll work with it and he'll transform it and change it. Authenticity is the key. But yeah, Job teaches that, that as well because he has some, he has some, 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 he's pretty straightforward with God at times. Very straightforward. Okay. So uh, this is good. So uh, the, these top five things in review that if you're listening, can we to- switch the tables now and find out from Father Anderson who, who Father Anderson's picks are? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I effectively did this. So we're at the last chapter of the show. So mine will be very quick, down and dirty. Um, and I knew the rabbis would be much more interesting and invigorating. Mine won't be as exciting. Um, so, but yes, let me give you, give, let me give you one. So uh, here we go. Um, go ahead, Rabbi. Ask, ask away if you remember the top five things. All right. So, so give me, give me, give me your top biblical passage that is meaningful and that every person who is seeking needs to know. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the passage that I put on my jersey when I ran the Chicago Marathon. It was good back then. It is good today. We all need some endurance and we all need some faith that God's got our back. So I, I go to, and some of you might have this on a frame inside of your home, but Isaiah 40, 31, it never gets old. The Bible never gets old. It's a living word. Um, if you want to memorize a piece of scripture, I would start there. I'm going with the common English Bible, uh, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly up on wings like eagles. They will run and not be tired. They will walk and not be weary. Um, the weariness that many might be feeling right now on the endurance just here in Florida and even in this country about seeing the desecration and the, not the desecration, the destruction of the Champlain Towers. Uh, it, is, it is hard. It is weary on the soul. Um, and, um, and, and you're wondering, where is God? Where are you? And I've heard people say, why would God allow that to happen? Why would God allow children to, to die in this? Um, so the R, R, again, not to abandon God, to have the endurance to run with him and to seek him in this mess, in this chaos, um, and, and, and to not grow weary and tired of your soul, just giving up and say, God, where are you and where are you calling me to serve those in the Champlain Towers in this community? Um, so, so for all of you, for whatever you're going through right now, where you feel like your legs are just down with weights, uh, come to scripture because there are uh, plenty of folks in the Bible who felt uh, very weary, but they looked to God and he gave them the, the, the power that they needed to get through these days. Okay, that's what, that's what I got for you. All right, so, um, and, and, and your favorite biblical character? Um, my favorite biblical character, I'm gonna go with, uh, I'll go into the Christian scripture. I'm gonna go with Philip, a good, Philip is a, 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 good, a, good, a good Jew, then, then uh, a good Jew and, uh, accepted Jesus as, as his Messiah. What I like about Philip for me is that he, uh, he's called Philip the evangelizer, a term that's only used three times in Christian scripture, uh, only three times that they've called someone evangelizer. So he was out and he was comfortable inside Jerusalem and he was comfortable and living the life of just serving the widows and the orphans. And then God kicks him out. He pushes them out of Jerusalem. Uh, there's a guy named Paul who's going around kicking down doors and, and killing people who have been following Jesus. And so he gets out and he is pushed to just trust God. 
and to say, I'm just going to trust you with my life. And what he does through that is he effectively, tradition would say, led to the founding of the church in Ethiopia by baptizing um, an Ethiopian eunuch. Um, great and incredible things that happened that were beyond his understanding. So when we trust God, he's pushing us. Sometimes we're scared to get out of our comfort zone, but God has bigger things in store for you when you just can trust and let go and surrender um, and throw physics to the wind, um, as Shakespeare would say. And, and, and just, just for my, 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 my feeble uh, Judaic mind here, uh, we're talking Philip as in one of the 12 apostles. Very good question, Rabbi. He often gets confused with Philip the Apostle. So he is Philip the Evangelizer, which is a different person. He's one of the first seven deacons. That's where we get the whole diaconate from um, in scripture in the book of Acts. So no, he is not one of the apostles. Thank you for bringing that up. But they often get confused. Interesting. And if we were to look at uh, your favorite, your favorite tradition or custom that you have within your own faith. What would that oh, be? I'm going to go to page 447 in the Book of Common Prayer, which is the reconciliation of a, of the, of a penitent um, that's uh, also known as confession. Uh, confession, I think, in these times, we don't have enough spaces or venues where we can just go and confess. The Catholic Church is not the hottest ticket in town. Um, to have this space where you can just walk into a booth, as it was before, and still, that you can just confess your sins in a place of anonymity. Uh, I would say if uh, to, to bring that back into our, into our lives in a routine basis. In the church, we say a confession every single Sunday, and that's publicly. But I would also say for you to be able to go and with your goal ghostly confessor, again, as Shakespeare would say, to sit down with someone that you trust and to bear your soul, to get it mm -hmm. off your chest, uh, to unburden yourself of whatever is weighing you down. And you're also saying this in front of a priest or a pastor, whomever, or your rabbi, who is also a fellow sinner. And we are all sinners. Um, but that unburdening and that honesty with God is so powerful. So uh, that is one of my favorite things that I, that I um, would say, come, come try it on. If it, if it feels weird, it's awkward, um, that's okay. That's okay. Oh, okay. And, and if you were to think about uh, a biblical character that is your favorite or most impactful unsung hero, um, I, I, I would go, this is going to be a, a, a little controversial, but I'm going to go with Judas, Judas Iscariot. So uh, Judas, there's so much for us to learn from Judas, the one who is known for betraying Jesus, but let's not forget he was one of his best friends. He was one of the most trusted people within the disciples. Uh, he was the one given the money. I don't know about you, Rabbi, but the person I give the money to within the group is usually the one who's most trusted. I think of my buddy, Brian, and whenever we all go out as groups, as kids, he was the one who always handled the budget. We trusted him with numbers. We trusted him with our money. So Judas falls to fear, though. He falls to fear of the Romans, not the Jews. He falls to fear of the Romans. <laughs> um, and uh, he falls to fear of the Romans, and he falls to fear of, of, of Caesar. And we can all do that. We can all fall to that. We fall to fear of, of government. We fall to fear of culture. Um, and we put sometimes God second. Um, and so uh, we need to all be aware of that and know that uh, he, he, Judas, could have so sought forgiveness, even after what he did, he could have come to the cross, but he didn't fear overwhelmed him. Um, so instead of throwing stones at him, I think we need to acknowledge that we are all capable of doing that. And then how we go to God um, for, for forgiveness and say, God, just make me be a better. Would genius. you, would you say that that, that in and of itself is the message or the, the learning opportunity that you gain from Judas Iscariot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I find, I find a, a lot of, um, my self-inspiration. I don't know if inspiration is the right word, 
but influence from Judas, because if we don't look to Judas and identify with him, that we're, we're fooling ourselves that we are these perfect human beings. Uh, we stumble just, just like him. And hopefully we don't want to make the same mistake of completely betraying uh, uh, God. But I think if we don't have that humility to go back to your Micah passage, if we don't have that humility and say, I have it in me to betray just like, uh, like Judas did and have compassion for Judas, um, then, then we become arrogant in our faith. Mm. Okay, and, and, and just, just your, your, your final question that you posed to me, uh, I posed to you. So if you just want to inform our listeners on what your, the last question that you would ask. You're hilarious. Well, there's actually two more. There, there's one going to be your favorite. Um, That's the look I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, actually, it was the favorite prophet, the favorite prophet that's out there. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I think I already expressed, uh, oh, I agreed with you before. Remember, I agreed with you with Micah. Uh, I think we could go to Micah. There's so many strong passages on Micah. Um, I do believe that social justice runs uh, parallel with our walk in faith. I think other uh, Christian leaders might disagree with me on that. They think social justice is, is become a secular thing. That's not part of our faith, but the Jesus that I follow was on the front lines, was with the marginalized, was with those who were mistreated, um, was with the poor, was with the broke, was with the hungry, um, with those who were left behind, was with the prostitutes. That is a matter of social justice. So uh, for us to look at our, at our days today and say, how would our leaders of faith respond? So for me as a, as a, as a Christian, where would Jesus be right now? He'd be on the front front lines of anyone who is in the midst of uh, being uh, mistreated, of was, who is uh, not receiving the justice fully that's equitable to them. Uh, so this involves healthcare. Uh, this involves uh, criminal justice. This involves, are we rehabbing uh, folks in prison or are we just continuing to punish them so they just become, grow and more and more and more helpless and hopeless. Um, and so uh, Mike, I feel like is a, is a prophet that says, get off your butt, Father Christian, and, and go do the work. Um, and and it's, it's, there's some hard truths if we want to talk about with the prophets. There's some hard truths to talk about, about guns. You know, I don't want to get into that right now, but if we want to get biblical and all this, uh, that there, there is a Micah is, is, is not a big gun advocate. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can argue about that back and forth and that's fine. Let's have a healthy discussion, but I'm just going to go with where the word of God uh, leads us. We're not there yet. And we know the kingdom of God is a heavenly place. So we're, we're in this in-between stage, but we're fighting for this peace upon earth. Um, and we have to have uh, discussions about just war. What does that mean? About what does it mean to, uh, when is violence okay? Micah's not a big fan of that. So uh, do we want to follow the Bible obediently and just pick and choose passages that work for us? Or are we going to go wholeheartedly? Um, I do look to our, our friends, the Quakers. They, they committed, they're true pacifists. No matter what, they're pacifists. For them, it's the word of God. I'm not saying that's totally the correct way. I think we can we can wrestle with this like Jacob and just war is 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 uh, you know, whether it's a war here at home or war abroad. So yeah, man, Mike is a tough guy, man. He'll keep you on your toes. Uh, although I will say that uh, I, I think one of the dangers uh, that I think both of our faiths have, uh, certainly within Judaism, is let's also not take out of context biblical verses to use them for our own personal devices. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and you have to be careful that am I just, do I just have a political ideal or a sociological ideal? And I'm going to search for a biblical passage to fit that ideal and to promote it. It has to be the other way around. Let me go study the Bible, have it inform, 
faith has to inform your politics. Politics can't inform your faith. Um, but you, I totally agree that that is such a trap that we all can get into uh, because we're like, I believe so hard, wholeheartedly this thing in my heart. And let me go find some Bible passages that that that, that support that. Now it's got to be the other way around. Um, and humility has to come into that. So, um, you know, I, it'd be a dangerous topic for us to talk about uh, gun control through the Bible. That's a hot one. Um, and listen, we're not going to find a perfect and clean answer. Um, we can say some things that Michael talks about, but it's, you have to have both sides at the table. You have to have. So anyways, those are your top five guys, your top five from a priest and from a rabbi. Uh, we're, we're, we're just a bunch of guys trying to walk the way. So again, take it all with a grain of salt. Um, let's walk in humility with this. Um, we just, hopefully we can be as obedient as we can to our Lord and walk in the way of love. If you want to catch more of the rabbi, you can come to the Shabbat service over at Temple Bat Ham this Friday. If you want to catch more of uh, this priest, come to St. Mary's Episcopal Church. We have services at 5 p.m. on Saturday night and then 7 30 9 and 10 um, on on the main campus on Sunday all right my friend um, it, welcome again happy July 4th to you for your very first one God bless you we're so happy I think our our, our producer will get you your own USA hat our producer Evan 789 always shows up with the USA hat so I think he's probably going to get one for our rabbi if you want to send a letter to the rabbi congratulating him on his um, beautiful American citizenship uh, send him a uh, an email um, to a priest and a rabbi podcast at gmail.com or send him a letter to uh, Temple Beth Chaim. Um, so really just, just do something beautiful July 4th and uh, maybe send off a firework but also send off a letter all right my friends uh, we love you we adore you we thank you for being here please subscribe to our podcast called a priest and a rabbi you can get everything we've been talking about about rabbi what do you want to leave us today uh, besides your beautifully coiffed hair um i think look as we as we approach the fourth of july on sunday um you know my prayer my hope just be safe just be safe use common sense um and let's remember why we are celebrating this great nation we're celebrating freedom we're celebrating diversity we're celebrating uh we're celebrating humanity um and you know the fact that we have come together for uh, a celebration to be able to come together as one community. So please be safe and please use your sense. Please use common sense. <laughs> just, just, he said, just don't be an idiot. Just don't be an idiot. If, if, if that's a good thing to do, don't be an idiot. Uh, the rabbi, it doesn't blow hot air. So don't be an idiot out there. Be smart, love your neighbor, love yourself, and don't be an idiot. So if anyone, <laughs> with our great prophetic words, this is a priest and this is a rabbi. We love you. God bless you. We're going to see you next time on the flip side. <laughs> here at a priest and a rabbi. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a Yiddish word here. That would be really great. Okay. Bye-bye.